0: You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at Soundtalentmedia.com. Hey, what's up, everybody? I'm recording this on a Monday, the day this episode drops, and wow, I hope my voice is, is doing okay. It feels really, really scratchy. I spent the weekend at NAM, had a great time. You can see that documented all over any tone mob social stuff, except for Twitter, because I never post on there hardly. But um Instagram and the Facebook group, I, I've talked about a lot of the things I saw and, and tried to keep everybody up to date, but I then flew home, my plane landed around 4-something, uh, and who should be playing about 35-40 minutes away but the Rockin' Tours, and I had a friend of the show, Trey, from Retroactive Pedals, he was on the a uh, few episodes back, or uh, it might have been it might have been a couple months ago, if you go back and look, you'll find him, great episode, he was actually doing drum tech work for that tour, this uh, this tour that kind of was a big surprise with the album release and, and all that stuff, and that was the band he, he referenced on the episode when he said, I'm actually, oh, I don't know if I can say anything about that yet. That's what he was talking about, and he was able to get me into the show, got to hang out with Jess and Leon and my good friend Joshua, who I don't refer to enough on this show because he's a drummer, not a guitar nerd, but... We all hung out. That was a a great time, and it was uh it was really fun to get to see one of our mutual. We all have a little bit varying musical tastes, and it was nice to be able to all come together and see one of our our personal musical heroes all together as a band. And that was a that was a lot of fun to get to. We, that was the first time any of us had seen Jack White play, and the man is just a force on stage. So if you ever get the chance to catch him live. I I had a blast. They they just rocked my face off. It was it was incredible. But anyway, my voice is kind of scratchy, so I'll stop recording this intro. But here on this episode I talk with David from Drollo Effects. He's making some really cool stuff out of Belgium. Belgian Belgian. Oh, no, I want a Belgian mm, yum. Uh out of Belgium and I will just shut up and stop hurting my own throat and let you guys enjoy this episode we recorded just before I left for Nam, so I hope you guys get a kick out of this. And if you want more of this conversation, of course, we recorded some over on Patreon. So you can go over to patreon.com/slash mob if you want to hear more of this conversation. And I think once you hear David's voice, you are gonna want him to like read everything to you. It's like you are just gonna want his voice to narrate your life. It's a he's got a wonderfully soothing voice. I love it. Um, but yeah, I'll be done, and I hope you can enjoy this part of the program. Here's Mr. David Rolo. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Tone Mob podcast, the show about guitar tone and the people behind it. I'm your host, Blake Weiland, and with me today, I have David Rolo from Effects. What's going on, my man?
1: Hello. Um, what's going on? Um, well, things are good. I'm a bit sick and tired and high on allergy medicine. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> it's that it's that time of the year where all the allergies combine into a, a super force that tries to to knock me down
0: i asked i just assumed that all of you uh, all of you europeans had already you guys are a much more advanced society than us americans and i was thinking maybe you're just taking care of that allergy thing already
1: yeah in in the scandinavian countries they have some fancy chips burned into their their skulls but we don't have that <laughs> that, that stuff here we're much more bare bones <laughs>
0: Scandinavian countries, they're they're always just like seven steps ahead of everybody else, aren't they?
1: Yeah, they do some crazy stuff. They are. <laughs> they're
0: crazy. So for the listeners, you are in Belgium, correct?
1: Yes. That's in Europe.
0: Oh oh. Oh, that's not in Florida?
1: <laughs> no, 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 no. I just oh. hmm. wanted to to clear that out.
0: Okay. Yeah, that was. I I thought you had a really strange Florida accent, but that just that just threw off everything. <laughs> Shows what I know.
1: See, everything has an explanation.
0: Everything has an ex- Does everything have an explanation? I'm not sure if everything does. What do you think? I
1: think everything has one, but we don't don't know all of the explanations. Some of them we can't really find out
0: yet. What? Whether we're smart enough is probably the deciding factor, is what probably. you're saying.
1: Probably, yep.
0: <laughs> well, but before we get too heavy into something as, uh, as elaborate as whether or not we have all the answers, perhaps we could start from a, a simpler place. And that would be the classic place where, where all the new guests start from. And that is, what is your musical backstory? How did you get to where you are today, especially you making these crazy devices? Tell, tell me the whole thing.
1: Um, I used to, when I was a kid, I used to listen to whatever, I mean, whatever was on the radio. I didn't have any, any particular genre or something that, um, that I was particularly fond of. My parents did listen to music, but also Nothing very specific, so it was just all over the place. I have a vague a vague memory of seeing uh, an image of Elvis Presley, you know, like sliding on his knees and then being really cool. <laughs> but as I grew up, <laughs> I don't know if it was really Elvis Presley or maybe Kevin Bacon. In Footloose, so I might be a bit confused. <laughs> might be a bit confused there with my childhood uh, references.
0: <laughs> it counts. But, it still counts either way. That's fine.
1: Yeah, uh, but I think the, the the first really you know targeted music that I listened to was um, heavy metal uh, when I was twelve. I changed school, and and my body was. Uh, into heavy metal so we we were going into those things together at that time it was a lot of um, you know iron maiden metallica and these things
0: mm-hmm.
1: and from there it just kind of um, evolved into every possible direction I, I really have no i have no no very um pattern ex- specific pattern of of things that like a uh, a plan or anything <laughs> um, I've, uh, I've always been been curious about music and so i've listened to all kinds of stuff um after the really you know isolating heavy metal thing I started to listen to to more mainstream stuff like, um, I don't know, U2 and and things like that. And I think what got me into guitar playing is uh, when I got to the Led Zeppelin stuff and and, and things like that. I think that's when somehow things started to... to take shape in my head in terms of how music is actually created because up to that point I had like a fascination to to towards guitars uh but not really knowing how the sounds were made with the guitar I just like like to to window lick uh Guitar shops and dream about <laughs> dream about having one, but I had I had never touched a guitar or, or anything, so it was just like a strange object that I knew made sounds, but that was that was everything. And um, actually, my first guitar that I ever had was a kind of a, a decoration guitar. It was not a real guitar that you're supposed to play on. And I remember we bought it in Spain as we were traveling um, to Portugal because I, I was born in Portugal. And uh, sometimes I drove there with my with my parents and you have the, all, all those um, service areas uh where in Spain especially they have all, all those crazy shops with uh, with souvenirs and guitars and stuff and and one day I bought a guitar and it it did make sounds and I started to um, to you know try to recreate sounds that I, that I would hear in certain songs uh, that was that I, I didn't get a real guitar for for a while after that and uh, think it was when i was 16 i just had a, a friend of mine who, who asked me if i knew someone who, who would like to buy a guitar that he had an electric guitar and i said yep that's me <laughs> 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 and I, bu- I bought it and uh and yeah from there on i i started playing trying to um uh, you know to to um, to play the things that that I heard on on the records. just play mm-hmm. play to the records. I didn't have an amp, so at first I just played the electric guitar like that. And then I went through a phase that lasted about one or two years where I destroyed a lot of uh, stuff at home when I tried to find things that I could plug the guitar into. Yes. So I would, Yet. for example, you know, take a a, a tape player, and I figured, hmm, if the magnetic head is amplified, maybe I can hook up the guitar to the magnetic head of the tape player. Oh man! <laughs> <And> <laughs> I, I'm, I should have kept some of them because I, I must have created some crazy fuzz boxes <laughs> at that time. But uh, yeah, eventually I got I got an amp and also an actually an actual nice guitar because uh, what I had there was like a really weird um, Strat style guitar with really weird weird hardware that you don't even see in the cheapest things that you can find these days. It was really like clunky stuff <laughs> that you you don't know what they were thinking when they they. They created that, but eventually I cobbled some some money together and bought a um, a Gibson Les Paul. So that was a a big step up, and so that uh, that stayed stayed my my main guitar for uh, a lot of years. Until do you like
0: remember? Do you remember what exactly like? that very first one you bought from your friend was do you remember the brand on it by chance yeah
1: i remember it was the brand was segovia which i've never found anything about i I tried like out of nostalgia i tried to to uh, look it up online but i never found anything about a guitar like that and uh
0: was it an old Japanese one of those those weird ones, or did it come from somewhere else?
1: I have I have no idea. It it looked kind of not that old. You know, it it wasn't like a um like the vintage quirky ones that you see from the sixties and, and so on. So it, it looked kind of recent, but with really weird weird, weird hardware. Like the bridge was kind of something with screws that might have been like the, the fine tuning screws of a Floyd Rose, but it, it was absolutely not a Floyd Floyd Rose. It was really, <laughs> I don't even think it, it was a, a tremolo at all. It just had some, some weird screws on it that you could use to fine tune. Your,
0: your... It adjusted if you felt like it for some yeah, reason.
1: Yeah, something like that. <laughs> Eventually I, I, got bored because it was a. Um, actually it was a really nice color when I think of it. But at that time, I basically wanted something black or black and neon green, or something like that. So I, I stripped the, the paint and, and then tried to paint it in, in different colors. And I think in the end um, because the color never never stuck, so we, I just left it. The bare wood,
0: and, and then, um, and then, then I, I don't know why I'm so fascinated by this particular instrument. I don't think I've ever, never, I've never been so curious about someone's first kind of, uh, I don't know, for lack of a better term, budget kind of student model guitar. But it seems like you and this guitar had a had a had quite an extensive journey together. It, it seems like,
1: yeah, I've been, mean, I don't know, I'm. I'm I kind of learned a lot of chops on it. I had no clue of how a guitar was supposed to sound or how you were supposed to set it up. I, I knew more or less how you were supposed to, to tune it, but that was it. And uh, and for the rest, I just just uh, used it as a kind of a, a lab,
0: oh. trying
1: some... Different things to to how I, I could hook the, the pickups up and and stuff like that, but not really in a very efficient way. I was just tinkering the way.
0: So once you got the Les Paul, did you start playing in bands? Did you have any aspirations uh, to make music your living, or how did that how did that transpire after the after the Les Paul came into your life?
1: Um. My I did start uh, to play in the bands not not long after it. Um, I didn't have any any aspirations, uh, but I really enjoyed playing. To records, I mean, I remember I have those memories of sitting in in the total darkness and and putting on a record and and just playing along the record from from start to uh, to end and it was really a nice um nice way to to spend time and um i eventually uh met some people at school and we we made a band we created a band it was called average i like it yeah
0: was that an accurate description
1: (laughs) um yeah, in 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 a weird way, <laughs> if, <laughs> because we were like very average-looking people, and 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 we didn't have like a, a distinct, uh, you know, like a distinct genre or, a, or like a goal or anything like that. We just hung out and and and, and wrote whatever songs. Uh, came into existence. So, um, most of what we did was very, I mean, that was in, in, in the late nineties. So we, we were still a lot into the, the, the grunge thing and, 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 stuff like that. And, oh well, had influences of, um, yeah, the, the classic, Rock stuff like uh, Led Zeppelin and and all that stuff, but we we sounded kind of like I I'd I'd say like a grunge spin off in Luxembourg I like because almost... I was I was living in in Luxembourg and at that time. I grew up in in Luxembourg. That's another country next to Belgium in Europe, by the way. For the
0: Oh, people who not, may not know. <laughs> that's not just, oh, 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 I thought that was in, okay. I thought that was in Minnesota, so it shows what I know.
1: No, it's the other Luxembourg. Okay, the other Luxembourg, okay. All right, all
0: right. Yeah, I mean, I forget, yeah, we forget sometimes. There, There's other parts of the world. Uh, <laughs> I'm <laughs> being so facetious I, facetious, I actually love Europe and need to get over there more. You've never so been? You, I I have. I've oh, been to okay. well I've been to I've been to Western Europe. I've been to uh England mm-hmm. and Ireland. Nice. And that's it. That's it so far. But I need to get over and do some do some traveling around just to see see the it's so different. You know, you guys like we can drive for 5 hours and still be in my state. Mm-mm.
1: Yeah, clearly.
0: It's a. It's just such a weird, you know, and and it changes, of course, but it's not as drastic over there. You drive five hours in Europe, and you're in on another planet,
1: basically. You don't have to drive five hours. I mean, even within uh, a small country like like Belgium, like where you can drive from one end to the other in maybe two hours. Uh, <laughs> you find some some really 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 different places and different mentalities and 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 landscapes. So, and in France, for example, you you have like incredibly um, incredible diversity of uh, landscapes and 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 uh, and cities and and things like that and yeah and people
0: too right and
1: people too yeah, yeah. very very different dialects and, and and things like that
0: so before we go deep into the 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 nature of the US versus Europe and all of the weird differences that that go in there i wanted to ask you i seen a picture on your website and i would like to know a little more about this you have a very uh, i it, it's very like cool looking <laughs> But it also gives me imagery of like mad scientists. Your your shop <laughs> to me is the coolest looking shop I've seen in quite a while. It's like this small it. Well, maybe it's because it reminds me of my own situation. I'm sitting in a shop, uh, you know, in my backyard as well, recording this. <laughs> and so <laughs> and so it's kind of like this is this feels very much like uh the I don't know the European version. I'm not sure what it is, but I've seen the picture of it and I just I was filled with a, a deep sense of I need to go there and see and see that that looks really cool. Oh, yeah. So before we before we get too crazy on it, how did you get into building pedals and and you know, and what led you to this? This is it seems to me from my perspective, all of a sudden I was over at Grant Wilson's house last actually around this time last year mm-hmm. and and he busted out a couple drollo pedals and i had never seen them before and that was my introduction to your work and i was just going this is crazy but i'm guessing you didn't start out making crazy pedals so
1: no, no. what
0: was what was the first step there
1: the, the first step as far as i can remember um and that was also around when i had my my band in in the late uh, in the late 90s um I think it had to do with uh with Pink Floyd actually. Um I was way into the uh the album Metal and the the song right. Echoes in particular. And um th- there's a particular sound in that and I, I don't remember if it was the actual uh, version on the metal album or the version that um came out in, in the um I don't know if you're familiar, they they made um they uh, made a kind of a movie where they played the songs of that area in uh, in Pompeii, in the ruins of uh, of Pompeii. And uh, anyway, the, <laughs> that song had a particular fuzz sound that I just couldn't um, fathom how to to recreate. I, I had some um, some bus overdrives and distortions and and, and amp distortion, but nothing sounded nearly similar to to what i was hearing there and so there wasn't much to research on because we didn't have internet back back in that time (laughs) so right all all our information was uh from from magazines basically that um that i would buy i had um one or two magazines that uh, i i'd buy regularly that were about guitar and, and gear and stuff like that. And one of these magazines had a, um, a new uh, section where they would show some, some classic uh, circuits, schematics, and, and stuff like that. And uh, the first one I saw was a, was a, a false face. And where they also explained that that would be the sound for that song that I wanted to to emulate. Okay, all right. (laughs) And uh, I I had done a a bit of electronics in um, in school, and so looking at this, it was like just a a handful of uh, components, and I thought, let's try this, and it didn't work. I couldn't get it to sound. like anything that was useful and um, and then they had another circuit that was actually a lot more complex and that was um, a Marshall blues breaker and so they it, it, there were cool articles um, in in that magazine because they they had uh, the schematics but they also went over explaining all the different sections so it was already quite quite advanced for for uh, just being in, in a regular, you know, uh, Guitar Gear magazine. But, right, but right. that one I tried, and it worked right out right out of the bat. And that was crazy. I was like, wow, I made something, I made a pedal, and so on and so forth. And then from there I started to uh, to try and find out, find as many things that I could build. And I went back to the... The first phase, and and managed to get it to work, and it was great, and they all were magnificently shabbily put together, and <laughs> they, they they were they sounded nice anyway, and uh, and from there I'm I'm it's it has always been kind of my 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 hobby. There were certain periods where I didn't do. That many because I, I was uh, doing something else, but I always came back to to building pedals. It's some kind of weird form of therapy sometimes, um, and uh, yeah, mainly stuff that I that i made for for myself that I needed or wanted to try out, and. Um, and that's how I begin. <laughs> <laughs> that's
0: a pretty, that's a pretty big jump from fuzz faces to you know, extremely advanced Schumann PLL uh, based devices and all the other things that you've been that you've been doing, especially uh, that that uh, the, the new one you've you've come up with recently. And I'm the name is escaping me right now. I try not to have my phone in front of me but now i'm like scrolling through um the stretch why can't my mic was my brain not working
1: stretch weaver
0: <laughs> stretch weaver i kept wanting to say stretch Lengther. i'm like that's not <laughs> it like stretch weaver yeah tell me about that thing that thing looks insane
1: yeah i um that that thing actually exists because i uh i had been talking to um to Scott Amendola. I don't know if you were familiar with him. It's um, a drummer that has worked with Nels Klein and lots of people in the jazz scene and other uh, genres. And um, he had bought uh, one of my pedals, And um, we've been in touch ever since. And and he's really a great guy. And and we've been back and forth. talking about stuff and I, i'd send him some new uh chip with new yeah. sounds sometimes that i come up with and and stuff like that and he sent me a cd of um a project he had a duo with uh, nels klein called stretch woven and uh, i'm a huge fan of nels klein by the way so when when scott first got in touch with me to to buy a pedal i was like falling from my chair and it was like it was really crazy uh because he plays in the nels Glen singers and, and and so on so it was like really um mind-blowing to uh to get in touch with him but that cd he sent me stretch woven was basically just both of them i guess improvising and 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 getting crazy uh on their own and, and recording all the stuff that came out. And uh, while listening to that one day, I was thinking that it would be really cool to have a device where two people like that could plug into. And somehow the device would make both of their sounds interact with each other, influence each other, and, and so on. And that's how it came to be. That's what the pedal does. <laughs> that's
0: a, that's amazing. I th- I think. I mean, and like I said, it's a big it's a big leap to go from something like that. Uh, or excuse me, rather from a fuzz face to something like that. And I'm just curious, like, what was the next step beyond the fuzz face? It's like make this work. Okay, I've done that, and now I've got a, a pedal that is basically inspirational enough for somebody like Nels Klein to use. Uh, I, I feel like there's a there's a whole big gap in there where was there a breakthrough moment where you realized oh, I can do more than just make square waves or distort signals. I can make them do other things. Was there a, kind of an aha moment there?
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I mean, you have to think that back in the day all that information was really hard to find. So you were lucky when when you found uh, a schematic of any kind of uh, any kind of pedal, and and um, in, the, in the in the early two thousands, uh, you started to see forums and, and stuff DIY forums dedicated to pedals, and there were people there that really did some some amazing work, um, coupling together uh, schematics and tracing pedals, and and prov- providing incredible. Amounts of information and, and helping people and that's really a, an incredible community and, and uh, a richness that that uh, just wasn't there wasn't there before and um, so with all that information also came new technologies like uh, with microprocessors and stuff like that that were quite um, inaccessible before, but with all the information that you can, you can, uh, find online, uh, now, and also all the people that feed on that information and, and, and give back what they do with this stuff. And, and does, does it's, it's a whole, you know, a whole, um, process of feedback basically, of people learning stuff, giving back to the community that learns stuff and does new stuff and then, and, and, uh, and shares it again with the community. And, and I think that's helped a lot of stuff came to be that you see now when, when you see those, those small companies uh, that, that make incredible devices that are, that are so, so advanced, that they surpass what what you would see from even from big companies back in the day. Um, I mean, uh, until very recently, the only companies that would be doing complex digital stuff were very, very few. You had Digitech, I think, that were quite, quite far out. But most of the other companies stuck to to very um very basic stuff so they they were quite big companies so they couldn't really take a lot of chances and 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 do the wild stuff that uh, that you can see today i forgot what the the, the question was sorry (laughs) (laughs) no, no
0: no worries no worries at all i was just i was curious if there was a an aha moment uh, like during a development cycle or just a moment where you realized, Oh, I don't have to, I don't have to make another tube screamer or another fuzz fuzz fate. I I can make, I I
1: was trying to, to make a a super cool tremolo, but I I had a hard time finding a, um, an LFO. So the, the oscillating part that, um, that I could work with and, um, and that's when I found uh, found out that um, there was a guy uh, who has a company called Electric Druid who provided some, some microchips that had a, a whole dedicated LFO processing chip with tap tempo and various wave shapes and stuff like that uh, that you could buy and, and, and use. And it's it Felt really weird to um, to use something like that because it's to me it was a bit like um, going from from working on a bike and trying to have all the parts of the bike fit together and, and being well set up to uh, working on a spaceship. But once I started to work with it, it all made sense, and and, and it also opened my mind to to, uh, to a whole world of possibilities where you had digital processing that could um, that could control analog stuff, which is what, what I did. I had a, a digital uh control over um, an analog tremolo and that's uh what came to be the um the first pedal i actually ever uh sold which was a a, a pedal called twin peaks which is the tremolo but
0: that's the one that's the one that that grant had i'm pretty sure yeah I'm yeah almost positive. Yeah. yeah
1: that was um it was a pedal I, I made at the time. But really, I've never thought ever of uh, going into any kind of business with pedals. I was just doing stuff that I, I wanted to have. But once I, I, I posted the schematics on forums and, and did a little demo, um, I started to get people asking me if I, I would make them one and, and, and would be uh, willing to sell them. And uh, that's actually the the pedal that um, put me on on the uh, on the map somehow. Somehow.
0: You seem to have a lot of passion, like in talking to you and in through just kind of do trying to do a little bit of research. You seem to have a lot of passion for a sort of open source DIY community sort of thought process around building pedals, which is in contrast to some people's um, kind of like playing things really close to the vest and keeping things really guarded is that is that something you're passionate about am i reading that accurately
1: um yes and no i i i mean before i I really i I started this this company i was doing a lot of projects that i shared uh, in diy forums um, but I have to say, nowadays I'm not sharing my code for my for my for my, uh, <laughs> for, for my effects uh, because yeah, it feels kind of because like it took
0: forever for you to develop, and you'd feel like maybe it's not, and also because it, maybe it's just, it's just
1: too easy to to replicate and. and and, and it feels a bit like shooting yourself in the foot if if, uh, if you do that. I, I admire people who do that because if you can make it work for yourself, I mean, if you can make it a viable solution to, to share your stuff, make it open source and still make a living out of it, uh, it's really great. And uh, I actually would love that. Uh, but so far, i i i've had the feeling that it wouldn't be such a, a good idea in my my current uh position at the moment
0: i'm inclined to agree with you yeah putting <clears throat> putting my my business hat on i suppose I'm, <laughs> I'm i'm inclined to agree as well
1: i mean it's it's no uh rocket science either i mean any 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 actual serious engineer would laugh at what i'm doing uh, be it in, in in terms of hardware uh, like the, the the physical electronics uh, hardware or be it in terms of uh, of the programming uh, i mean i'm such a hack <laughs> that you, you wouldn't believe it but um, but yeah kind of get a, a bit protective of uh, these things.
0: So being somebody who started in the analog realm and eventually dove into the heavy DSP side, do you see a lot of similarities or is it almost two completely different skill sets in working in those two kind of areas? Well, it's,
1: um, it, it is a completely different skill set and... Uh, the way I approach it is a very analog way of doing it, which is probably very wrong and, and, and must put a lot of hurdles in how I <laughs> go about things. I have absolutely no, uh, no background in, in programming, so I just stumbled upon that and, and gnawed my way through that thing. <laughs> Out of uh, sheer stubbornness, and um, I still haven't really caught up and learned the basics of what I I should actually know in order to do what I'm doing. So, uh, a lot of it is is trial and error, and a lot of um, empirical ways of getting to places but it's certainly not a very efficient way of doing things.
0: Oh, sorry. I lost you there for a yeah. second. But I think I think I think it, it interneted out on me for a second. Oh. I heard robots. Okay. <laughs> but I'll cut this out. No worries. So, uh, in that in kind of that same, you know, talking about the development process and all that stuff. You recently did a project with one of my good buddies, Mr. Joel Corte of Chase Bliss and the boys from Mold Blood. What was that like and how did you get involved in the now very, very popular Chase Bliss mood pedal? How did that all happen?
1: I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> what was he thinking? <laughs> I really don't know how he thought of me for that. Um but i, I was really very surprised and and honored um that he uh, that Joel reached out to me and uh in the beginning i was also very intimidated because i wasn't i'm never really sure of my chops so to to be like you know um uh, Not employed, I don't know what the word is, but like uh, contracted contracted to do something. Yeah. uh, Was very impressive. Uh, But I did it because how could I not? (laughs) (laughs) And and we worked through it. And and there were some moments where I had a lot of doubts and and, and I thought I I wouldn't be able to, to deliver the. The goods, but in the end, we always found um, something that that worked nicely. And I guess when when you have some limitations and and you're not like um, an incredible programming guru and, and and know exactly how to do this and that to achieve this and that you have to struggle a bit and you might stumble upon accidents that actually create something that might be beautiful and that you you wouldn't have found otherwise at least that's how i'm trying to convince myself that it's okay (laughs) that, that i do this
0: It is okay because if you think about it and think about literally every musician you mentioned in this interview so far, 99% of, of what most people listen to think of what would have, what would our musical landscape and our entire culture would look like had nobody discovered fuzz and distortion, which again happened by happy accident. Yeah. So I think that gives you all the justification in the world for you to do whatever you want sonically, just go for it and see what happens. Because you might, int- you, you never know, somebody like you might invent the next distortion. Yes. And who knows where that could go?
1: Who knows? It's really weird how musicians are, are musicians and also musical listeners are, are looking for things that that are broken and, 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 and weird i mean maybe not all the people i'm conscious that that some people don't like (laughs) weird and broken things but (laughs) if you think of it like the 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 guitar distortion is, is something that um if you go buy the book shouldn't shouldn't exist shouldn't happen and and people stumbled upon it and embraced it and made it a thing. And, 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 and that thing snowballed in, in into a huge culture and and, and and everything. So it's, it's kind of magical when you think of it.
0: I, I think music is is one of the most magical things that we as humans have the ability to tap into and
1: weird you know because it, it's the most it's, so it's the most i mean except when when you're saying stuff in your mu- music but but music itself is so abstract and then why 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 would you listen to that stuff <laughs> it's so weird as, as a as an occupation to to um to listen to music
0: Well, I've been recording a lot lately myself, not necessarily like in the traditional way that I I have in the past, but I've been doing a lot of just setting up microphones and a whole bunch of pedals and improvising things and just kind of seeing what comes out. Mm -hmm. Most of the time, it's complete and utter garbage uh, that I don't ever want anybody to ever hear. But occasionally, there's there's some pieces that have come out that I was really, actually really, really happy with and, and really kind of like, ah, oh, that was very satisfying to do. And you, you were... But I don't know. I, I don't think I could replicate it now because of the, the signal chain. And I don't but remember were, exactly you were, you were what I did. You were
1: noises with the microphone? Or you were recording yourself playing? Or?
0: I was recording, yeah, recording myself oh, okay, playing. Yeah, yeah. I've been, I, Yeah, like... I I, for a long time and a lot of listeners will know this, my kind of my nightly routine is to come out here just just after we put the little ones down for bed and just before, you know, the adults get to hang out for the evening and talk about, you know, adult Mm -hmm. things instead of kid things. Uh, I'll I'll come out here and set up some wacky signal Mm -hmm. chain and and just play. And that's kind of how I unwind for the evening. But I, I never really recorded very much of it. I never I never I never really gave much thought to how all those years of doing that has changed me as a player in a dramatic way. And until until I started noticing, I just started noticing myself and so I I set it all up and, and I've been recording some pieces and I've put a few out on Instagram here and there and a few other things. Most of them are never going to see the light of day. But it's interesting to go back and and listen to how much I've changed as a player and 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 uh, just how I do, how I do things now are differently than five years ago. Um, I don't know where I'm going with this train of thought. I really don't.
1: But, it's, but I, I think it's really <laughs> weird when when you go back. I mean, I have that feeling uh, a lot. I, I haven't really recorded like music and like purposely music uh, in a long time because I've I've been quite busy and and the only music I do is when I do some some demos and <laughs> and things like that. Um, but when I sometimes go back to to stuff I recorded, uh, some years ago, I'm, I'm, I'm sometimes so surprised and, and really weirded out as way, did I do that thing? And wait, how, wait, <laughs> 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 what what was I thinking and how did I do that? And, and, and what was the, uh, the process and, and. How can you come up with something like that? And that's and, so, 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 I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm not saying that um, I, I did like amazing stuff, but just stuff that surprises me where you don't recognize yourself and, and you don't recognize whatever was the moment and, and, and the process that led you to, to record it. And I think that's that's quite crazy. And it's also daunting because it it, I feel lately I, I felt very um, uh, you know like blocked um, because I I don't have a lot of time to uh, to dedicate to music and when I try it I I tend to um, you know to put a lot of pressure on it, because I, I need to, to be efficient. And so it never works out. So it's, uh, it's never really uh, very nice. And listening back to things that you did before that sometimes feel like they just sprung out out of the uh, the nothing and, and, and became something. Um, it's very intimidating to think that you would try and do that again, but I think what uh, you really need to do, and I need to do, is just put yourself in that position that things will happen, and things will happen eventually. They have to.
0: Yeah i i think I think that they will happen, and I also think one thing that's been really helpful helpful for me as an older player is, or well, not an older per se, but like somebody who's been playing for quite a while now, is that realizing that there's not Yes, there's a right way and a wrong way to do things if you're trying to cover or practice something specific. If you're trying to nail something, then yeah, there's a right and a wrong way to do it. But when you're playing your own improvised pieces or you're just like kind of zoning out and and just wanting to create, there isn't, there's not a wrong way to do it. And that's actually been really helpful for me is it, um, in the past, I'd be like, well, I'm not going to put my fingers there because I'm not 100% sure if that's the right place to go. And I and now I'm just like whatever I'm gonna put my fingers wherever they land on the fretboard, and if it sounds, hopefully it sounds right.
1: Yeah, I mean, <laughs> and so especially I'm- if if you're just sitting, it's weird that that uh, it's so uh, that pe- that uh, that you get so you know so intimidated that you you don't try stuff out because if you're in front of an audience, that's something else. You have like a, a real time pressure and. Then, you feel like you have to uh, deliver something and i really admire people that can just improvise out of thin air and, and and create stuff on the spot and i've tried it a few times and and sometimes it works like it works like magically you know you're in the moment and then stuff happens and sometimes it's just crap <laughs> but, <laughs> but uh i think it's great if if you take that uh if you take that chance but if you're sitting at home you should be able to to just do stuff but i don't know why it's so hard i think we're just too busy I, I with think... all the stuff <laughs> that's we, we think it, we have to it do
0: it's it's hard and and part of what's part of what has what made me a little less uh a less weary of it is just the the, the constant doing i'm i i record i don't record every day but the last probably the last probably four weeks i record four out of the seven days of the week i record something whether that ever sees the light of day uh isn't it neither here nor there it's almost like the process of just doing it is making it easier if that makes any sense just simply the repetitive nature of like having a microphone set up and I is like okay i'm gonna go out i'm gonna grab four or five pedals and see what mm-hmm. happens and just kind of doing that on a regular basis and yeah most of the stuff that comes out is is no good it's not something that i'm proud of and therefore it just gets saved to the hard drive and will never never see the light of day but some of it is turning into some instagram videos and some of it's turning into some other things and So I would say, if you're trying to relieve the pressure, you know, maybe just make a set time. Like, okay, today at whatever time it is right now, I'm going to go out and play for a little bit, and just do it, and record it, listen back. It will probably suck, uh, but eventually there's going to be one that doesn't suck, and those just make all of the effort worth it. In in my opinion, that's at least that's what the stage I'm in. Yeah,
1: I think that's really great. It's really great. But if if you don't give it a chance, then nothing happens. If you yeah,
0: if yeah, if, if, if you allow
1: it to happen, then it can happen. And see I think that's that's the thing. You have to uh have to be be ready when 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 it strikes.
0: When the muse yeah. strikes. Uh, and I think
1: most of the people that seem to be uh, very prolific in any kind of area are people that are just ready all the time and they produced probably uh, an insane amount of uh, an insane amount of uh, not so nice things <laughs> of fecal matter <laughs> but uh, among that they, they will also produce incredible things and and i think that's um that's what uh, what you got to do.
0: That's what music's all about, right?
1: Yeah, I guess so.
0: I think so. I don't know. I feel like we just solved all the problems, though. We solved all of them, right?
1: I think we did. At least, I think, 67% of them.
0: 67% of the world's I'd problems. Say
1: I'd, I'd, I'd say 67, yeah.
0: That's pretty good for an hour-long podcast. That's a good. Yeah. It's
1: that's not, that's not bad.
0: Lots of podcasters have been trying to fix the world's problems for longer than that, and none of them have gotten this close. So I'd say job well done in in my opinion.
1: Yeah, but they still need to do it because you never know. We, we, we're lucky.
0: This is true. We're just lucky. This is true. Yep. So we're coming into the home stretch, and I have a few classic questions I need to wrap this episode up with. One of them mm-hmm. being, what is your favorite boss pedal?
1: Oh... I, I haven't had too many of them to be honest. I think Oh yeah, I had some, some overdrives, but I, I wasn't really really convinced. Um I have a, a CH1 chorus, which was my, my first battle I ever had, and I still have it, which I traded. Haha! Full circle uh, for that first uh, first guitar I ever ah, bought. Ah, there you go. Yeah, you I go. traded it for uh, for that uh, bus chorus with a friend. And that I, I still have. I'm, I'm not super fond of chorus. It's not something I use a lot, but uh, I really like that pedal. It was really nice, and the color is so nice. But it's not so nice anymore. It's, I think I left it in the sun. for too long and it it has become more of like a bluish turquoise what what is the how do you call that do you say turquoise in english
0: Uh, we call it turquoise over here
1: turquoise yeah so it the color has shifted a bit it's not as nice but it it looks a lot more vintagey now not not like i remember it
0: it's been relict
1: yep yep
0: relict petals they're coming back yeah they're coming back
1: Yeah, but I liked when it was baby blue.
0: Yeah, that is a nice nice looking pedal from the Mm -hmm. factory. Yeah. All right. So the next one would be this is your chance to put up a billboard. Where can everybody find you? What do you want people to know? And is there just anything you'd like to tell a whole bunch of people right now? Because here's your chance
1: okay um people can find me on instagram under what am i called uh fx and on my website which is davidrollo.com. and um you said what i want to tell people
0: yeah tell people anything
1: i think people need to um people need to heal the world you know make it a better place for you and for me and and probably for the entire human race i'd say it's time
0: it's time let's do it yep yep i like that that's very good it's it's a similar sentiment that i i try to share when the when the setting makes sense so thank you That (laughs) that was very nice this is, that's exactly the kind of thing that's exactly the kind of thing I'm shooting for with that question and not everybody not everybody grabs a hold so that was nice cool all right last question and i and this is a big one this is this is one that people tend to wrestle with and have a hard time with but uh you're sitting down so I think we'll be okay what kind of pizza do you like I like our pizza. Your pizza.
1: Yeah, we do something that would probably not be considered a pizza by many Italian standards, but it's really good. We make our own dough, and it basically consists of tomato sauce, a... Fecal matter ton of anchovies.
0: <laughs> <laughs> some <laughs> okay.
1: <laughs> some some ham. And uh we don't use the, the regular cheese that normally is I think what is it? Is it uh mozzarella? Yeah, or?
0: yeah mozzarella usually.
1: Yeah. We we use uh parmigiano. Ooh and that's the thing, yeah a bit of oregano, parmigiano and just a sprinkle of olive oil and and it's just perfect.
0: That actually sounds pretty good. I'm yep. I, I I have to say that anchovies I have not had a lot of experience with. So I I the times I have ate anchovies, I thought they were a little much for me. And I like fish. I like fishy things, but I was like this is a little too much salt. So, but, but that combination you're talking about sounds pretty good.
1: Mm, Try it.
0: I'm, I'm intrigued. I'm an open-minded guy. So we'll we'll have to (laughs) tell you, start talking about pineapples. And then we, then we've got to end the conversation, but. (laughs) Well, this has been a lot of fun. I I really appreciate you taking the time to come on the podcast and hang out with us. And uh, this has been, this has been a lot of fun. So thank you.
1: Well, it's been really great for me too, and and thanks a lot for uh, for having me. Really,
0: yes, absolutely. We'll have to do it again sometime, maybe in maybe in person if you can ever get yourself over to this side of the world, or I can get myself to that <laughs> side of the world. Either way,
1: yeah, definitely. You're welcome, and I can make you some pizza.
0: Oh, now you're talking. I can see the I can see yep. the shop. This is going to be even cooler. Mm-hmm. Another yep. reason I need to go to Belgium.
1: <laughs> you see.
0: On top of all the wonderful,
1: not only not only to Belgium, but like the farthest, remote, fecal place that you can find in Belgium,
0: like <laughs> as far away in the hills of Belgium. As, oh, it sounds yeah, sounds so where undying. nothing
1: where nothing happens.
0: I really like the sound of that. Actually, yeah, that sounds really nice.
1: We sometimes drive to our um, like the the main city in our commune because there's there's an elevator in the uh, in the uh, town hall that's the only elevator in the whole area and that's like when you go up in that elevator you you really feel it like you're doing something special
0: do you make a trip into town to ride the elevator yeah okay <laughs> <laughs> we go
1: to the, li- the library. the is actually <laughs> on the last floor of the town hall and we go there with an elevator and that's like, a, you know, an event.
0: Now, some people might think that's silly, but I actually can relate to that because here where I live, which is not technically in Portland, it's in Oregon City, which is just outside of Portland, uh, that we have one of the only working municipal elevators in the country. So there's a there's an elevator that literally connects the down like main main street like all of the shops. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Then a bunch of houses up top on the hill. There's liter- a literal elevator that you go in. It's a historic thing. You can look it up. Oh, so cool. If you're curious, and I actually get oh, yeah. really excited to ride the elevator, so I can understand. I'm not making fun.
1: You shouldn't <laughs> it's, really? it's a serious matter
0: <laughs> don't you tease about it we we'll take our elevators very seriously around here <laughs> which we're joking about it but but like an elevator is a serious matter because if an elevators busted the, whoever's in there is in serious pro they got serious problems so elevators Earlier, are definitely. no elevators are no joke
1: yeah yeah don't don't joke with elevators
0: Well, that seems like a pretty good uh, note to wrap up on. What do you say?
1: Mm -hmm. I think that's perfect.
0: Don't joke with elevators. Check out davidrhythm.com. And until next time, folks, good luck and good time. (laughs) Bye. Bye. (laughs) Well, that was just fantastic, wasn't it? At least it was for me. I hope it was for you, too. If you need more, I can set in the intro. There's another portion of this conversation over on Patreon, so you can hit that up, if that's your thing, at patreon.com slash tonemob, and you can check out the various levels of things over there. And what else? What else for the outro? Oh, of course, of course, if you like the show, if you enjoy the show, and this is something that, that helps you throughout your your week, then I would love it if you could do something for me. If you're thinking about making a purchase on that platform, if you could just use the link tonemob.com slash reverb, that's tonemob.com slash reverb, anything you do on the website, any purchases you make, even simply if this is the first time you've heard of reverb somehow, if I'm not sure how that's possible, but if it is if it is happening, even if you just sign up, you just sign up through that link, tonemob.com slash reverb, it helps keep some wins in the sails of this weird little ship that's flying around the digital globe and it doesn't cost you anything extra, but a portion of that sale will come back and help support the show and keep it going, and you get the product you want, and everybody's happy, because everyone's buying gear. I mean, let's be honest. If you're listening to this show, you're buying gear. You might as well do it through tonemob.com reverb and help everything keep going. All right. Without, uh, I don't think I have anything else too important, and you probably have other things to get to, so I will sign off for now. I'll be with you next week with a fresh episode as always. And thank you so much for listening, especially to this point. You are a real champion. All right. Talk to you later. Bye. One last thing before we totally sign off here. I just want to remind you that if you do any shopping at Stringjoy, that's Stringjoy Guitar Strings made in Nashville, that will help me out as well. As I've said for years, I'm heavily involved in that company, and I really do think they're making the best products on the market